Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles tonight, and we're going to be uh, back in the place we've been the last couple of weeks, and that is in the book of Romans, uh, the book of Romans chapter 1. We are, uh, <clears throat> on Sunday night, we have for the last couple of weeks, uh, been uh, preaching messages known as the mindset of the last days. And we get that out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, where the Bible says, This know also. And uh, talking about the last, uh, the last of the last days, the days in which we find ourselves living in in 2023. And uh, the Bible tells for us that we need to know some things. We need to be aware of some things. And the first Thessalonians, the Bible reminds us that uh, we're not like the world, amen, as far as that, that day, talking about the day of the Lord, talking about when Jesus Christ comes again, it's not going to overtake us as a thief because we're ready, we're looking, we're paying attention, we are spiritually aware of what's going on. Now, in order to be spiritually aware, listen, church, you've got to be spiritual, amen? And let me tell you how you're spiritual. It's all about your relationship with the Word of God knowing what the Bible has to say, and being able to decipher, based upon the Word of God, what's going on in the world we're living in. And I can tell you right now, there's some things going on in the world we're living in. Amen? And the Bible outlines it perfectly for us. And so that's where we find ourselves at in Romans chapter 1, as we go through and we look at the different mindset of the last day. So if you find your place, stand with me together as we read the Word of God. I'm going to pick it up in verse 19 in Romans chapter 1. Read down through verse 24. The Bible says this, actually verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which, may be, that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to the uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. I ask God that you'd be in our midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would uh, work in our hearts tonight. I pray that you'd help me, Lord. Help me to preach this message uh, in a way that, uh, Lord, you'd have it preached, Lord. And I pray that the hearers would receive it, Lord, the way it ought to be received. And Lord, we ask for your power. We ask for your strength. Jesus, we cannot do this without you. We understand that. We declare our dependence upon you. Help us meet with us tonight. We love you and we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Maybe see it. The first message we brought as far as the mindset of the last days, based right out of here of Romans chapter 1, uh, we talked about the sin of atheism and the mindset of atheism and how that we're living in a society uh, that is uh, has a, a view that they just choose not to believe in God. Remember the word atheist, it means, uh, uh, ah, means none, uh, no God, no belief in God. And remember what I said, the atheist opinion is that they don't believe in God. God has an opinion about the atheist. God says, if you don't believe in me, you're a fool. Amen? Yeah. And we talked about that, and we're encountering that. And then if you're trying to minister to people, I'm telling you right now, you're going to come across people who say they're, they're an atheist, 
or maybe uh, they'll, they'll, they'll try to sound a little bit better and say agnostic, but either one is not a biblical mindset, amen? So we talked about atheism. Then last week we talked about uh, evolution and how that in order to believe evolution, the Bible tells us right there, it says that they, uh, they, were, they, they, they uh, talked about how they changed the glory of God uh, into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. You think the Bible did not know? You think God did not know that there was going to be a false teaching called evolution come on the scene? I mean, this verse it explains it exactly. We talked about evolution, and then in order to be an evolutionist, you first got to be an atheist, and uh, we talked about how that uh, evolution is being pushed. By the way, why should it surprise us that people are acting like animals? By the way, acting worse than animals, when that's what we're teaching them in the public school system, that's where they came from, amen? It shouldn't surprise us. It's a diabolical plan to destroy and to get the world ready for the Antichrist to, to produce a mindset that we find ourselves living in in this day and age. Tonight, we're going to look at verse uh, 24. And again, folks, this is a succession that happens. All this is lined out exactly the way the Word of God says it is. Again, let's look at verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor themselves. Let me tell you what the next road is on this step, the next mindset. You go from atheism, go to evolution, and the next thing you find is immorality. Immorality. And we're going to spend a few minutes tonight preaching on the mindset of the last day's mindset of immorality. I'm going to be very careful the certain uh, the way I say certain things. But listen, church, we need to hear it, and more preachers need to be preaching it. Amen. Because let me tell you, this 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 mindset and this uh, the sin of immorality has permeated the culture, and sad to say, has permeated the church of Jesus Christ. If we don't get back to the Bible in this, let me tell you, we are in trouble. Amen? And so we need to look at these things and uh, what the Bible has to say about it. I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a very, uh, well, I think most of my messages, all my messages, are a Bible-based message. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to uh, let the Scripture speak for itself. I'm going to be the mouthpiece of God tonight, and we're going to preach this message. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, explains God's plan for morals. Amen? Morals. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, explains it all. Listen, folks, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. Amen? God did not make it complicated. Why should it surprise us that Satan tries to pervert something that God instituted all the way back in the beginning in the book of Genesis? Amen? And he's tried to, um, <clears throat> tried to complicate it. He's tried to dilute it. He's tried to change it. But I don't care what mankind says. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't care what the president or any other elected political official says. God has the final say-so on what morality is. And we need to have the same mindset that God has about it. Amen? And parents, we need to get this in the minds of our children. And part of the reason I'm preaching this tonight is for these young people to sit here. Amen? We are blessed to have a church filled with young people. We're blessed. I love it. Sunday morning when we dismiss for children's church, see all those kiddos run back there. We're blessed as we dismiss to our teen Sunday school class, see all those teenagers walk back there. This is not an easy world for them to grow up in. Amen? The devil has targeted young people. and, and, and all Used to, we'd say, teenagers. Not anymore. I'm talking about young people all the way down to the youngest of ages and just uh, unbelievable things going on. And listen, as Christians... We better have our mindset fixed firm on the way the Bible says about this, and we need to teach it and ingrain it in the hearts and minds of our young people. So here we go. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. The Bible says this, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. 
but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Now you want to uh, uh, define God's boundaries and God's laws when it comes to morality? And I'm going to use that word mainly tonight because you all know what I'm talking about when I say that. Amen? That word morality, you know what it is? Very simply, marriage. Marriage. Okay? Now I told you it wasn't complicated. Amen? I told you it was simple. That is exactly right. Morality is defined in relationship to marriage. An honorable man or woman stays pure until they get married. Amen? By the way, that's something that needs to be preached about. Our young people need to hear it. Our young people need to make uh, vows before God that they're going to stay pure before they get married. Amen? Going to stay pure. By the way, I'm not just talking about the physical act of immorality. I'm talking about what everything that leads up to all that stuff. Amen? Stay pure in that area. By the way, this world is mocking that. Openly blaspheming that. Pastor Ross uh, sent me a audio clip, no not a clip, an actual whole podcast of these wicked Jezebels, and that's exactly what they are, they're wicked Jezebels who, you know, got enlightened along the way, because they grew up in a cult church, brainwashing church like this, and they were taught uh, about about, uh, living pure until they got married. And they took his book, State in the Castle, which is a, a booklet that teaches about this, uh, about young people staying pure, uses a metaphor to teach about it. Uh, but they took that book and mocked that book and mocked Pastor Jerry Ross and said that, you know, I mean, the, the craziest, they, wicked as hell what they were saying. I won't even share the podcast with you because it was so wicked and filthy and perverse. And here you've got... Three enlightened women mocking this idea of staying pure before marriage. And that is our society today. Amen? But listen, I don't give a rip what society says. What does God say? By the way, show me what their life's going to be ten years in the future. And truth be told, if they were honest, let's see what it is now. And let's compare it to someone who's done it God's way. And let's see who's the happiest. Amen? Let's see who's going to end in the right place. But the Bible says, um, there in Hebrews chapter 13, defines marriage between a man and a woman, and marriage is the definition of morality. So a godly husband, a godly wife, keep themselves only uh, before they're married, and once they are married, uh, remember something, folks, when you say, uh, when you say, when you get married, you say vows. Those aren't just what you say. Okay, it's not just something to fill time. Okay, it's just not something cheap. Oh, we're getting married, let's just repeat some cute things. Those are vows before witnesses and a holy God. Yes. Let me tell you, if I marry you, you're going to say this right here, till death do us part. Mm-hmm. That's God's plan. Amen. One man, one woman for life, till death do us part. Amen. That's God's plan. Amen? Yes. Anything outside of that plan is S-I-N, sin. Yes, Amen. Now, I'm not listening, folks. I get it. we got people from all different backgrounds here. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad that has a certain thing in their background. Okay, listen. Thank God the past is the past. Amen? Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Let me tell you what God wants you. If you're hearing the sound of my voice tonight, let me tell you what God wants for you to do. Go from where you're at today. That's what He wants you to do. Amen? Listen, I'm glad that our sin gets put under the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me just say this. For the sake of our young people, for the sake of those who haven't made bad decisions yet, I'm going to preach the Word. Amen? And the point of preaching this isn't to make anybody feel bad. It's to thunder truth from the pulpit so our young people will get it right in this area. And this is one area we got to get it right in. 
<laughs> Amen? We've got to get it right. Because let me tell you something, folks. God has a perfect will for everybody. Amen? A perfect will. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to be, young people, if you want to find the perfect will of God for your life, you've got to get this decision right. Amen? And you've got to be morally pure. And you've got to keep your morals. And uh, you've got to live a clean, pure life. But God, we're going to look at this. We're going to talk about this tonight. Take your Bibles, go to Proverbs chapter 7. I told you it's going to be a very biblically based message, and it definitely will be. And I want to show you here this very interesting chapter in the book of Proverbs. This is an eyewitness account of a young man who makes bad decisions that leads to him losing his purity. An eyewitness account. And we literally see here the steps that lead to the sin of immorality. It's listed for us right here in the Scripture. So wouldn't it make sense? That if we don't want to end at a certain destination, you don't even take the first step on the road to that destination. Right? right? I mean, next next Saturday, okay? Where we want to go to Shackermack State Park, okay? So if we want to go there, we've got to take the path that gets there, and that means we've got to go out here on Highway 41 and turn north, okay? <laughs> Listen, we're not going to McCormick's Creek the way, or uh, not McCormick's Creek, uh, Spring Mill the way we normally do, okay? If we're going to Spring Mill, we're going to turn our cars east and drive that direction, okay? It doesn't just make sense. If you want to go a certain direction, you got to have you pointed that direction and start taking steps in that direction. So if we know a certain path leads a certain way, why in the world are we even on the path? Amen? And this is what I'm talking about. In the Word of God, look at what the Bible says, taking practical application from the steps of the Word of God. And by the way, if we're down the path a little bit, get off the path. Get off the path. Amen? So let's look at it tonight. How to avoid the sin of of immorality, because it is, folks, I'm telling you, it's a mindset of the last day, a mindset. I started crunching some uh, statistics, and I, uh, I, I looked at the, uh, the teen uh, birth rate, and, and just curious about that. And uh, if you just look at that on the surface, you, it looks like we might be going the right direction. In 1991 to 2020, when they kept those statistics, the teen birth rate drastically declined. But I got thinking to myself, why did it drastically decline? I wonder if it's because, um, you know, young people are bound to keep themselves before marriage. Well, then I started looking a little bit more, and surprise, surprise. You know why the teen birth rate is declining? Because, number one, the push of contraceptives in our public school system. You know exactly what I'm talking about. By the way, we do have some young people to go to public school. By the way, my hats go off to you. Mm-hmm. Trying to live and stand for God, at least you better be, amen. God calls you to life to stand there are Christian uh, young people in our public schools, and I'm thankful for that. But, man, the pressure that's put on them to conform to this, and listen, you go to public school, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This thing's being pushed down from the, uh, 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 from the top all the way down, yeah. pushing this stuff on young people. I cannot believe the things I'm reading that's taking place in public school systems. Why aren't parents outraged over it? Listen, you can't bring a Bible to school, but you can let drag queens in your school and try to influence young people all the way down to kindergarten? Are we insane? Have we lost our minds? Listen, uh, parents, if your kids go to public school, you better be communicating with them often. You better help them, because it's a difficult place to stand. Amen? And, And we have folks in here that are involved in some of that, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? It's pushed. So, you know why the teen birth rates declining? The push of contraceptive. You know, number two, and this is actually probably number one, because instead of having children, they're murdering their children. 
Right? And the reason why the birth rate's declined because the murder rate's gone up through abortion. Yep, that's right. And by the way, just in case you're curious, this is not a politically correct church around here. <laughs> Amen. 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 I could care less what the culture says. This message is live on Facebook. I might go to Facebook jail. I don't give a rip. Amen. I'm surprised I'm not there yet. I can't believe I'm not there yet. This might be the message that puts me there. I don't care. Amen. We may never live stream again. Who cares? We're preaching the Word of God. Amen. We need to hear this. And we need to apply this. Because I don't care what the culture does. God's called us as Christians to stand out as salt and light in this dark, wicked world we're living in. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to make sure we get this right when it comes to morality. So back to Proverbs chapter 7. You keep distracting me, amen? How do I get there? All right, here we go. Let me get this to you, and we'll get through this fairly quickly. But I want you to see this because the Bible outlines it to a T. Notice what it says in verse 7. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 7. And behold, among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. You want to know the first way to avoid morality? And this goes right along with what we're preaching on Sunday night. Don't stay simple. Don't stay simple. By the way, the word simple simply means ignorant. It doesn't mean like ignorant as if someone is willingly being ignorant. It just means they don't know. Okay? Maybe they don't know because they've never been taught. Or maybe they don't know because they don't want to know. Regardless of the reason... If you're going to make it and be successful in the Christian life, particularly in this area of morality, you cannot afford to stay simple about it. you got to know what's going on. you got to understand. Listen, you, you can't do that. We've got an enemy out there trying to destroy us. you got to know what's going on. you got to understand the plan of the enemy, what they're trying to do. you got to understand they're trying to uh, capture the minds of our young people and the bodies of our young people. That's happening in this day and age we're living in. And as parents, we cannot afford, as Christians, we cannot afford to stay simple. Amen? You've got to educate yourself. And most importantly, as the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5, you've got to get wisdom. You've got to get wisdom. By the way, what is the source of wisdom? The Word of God is the source of wisdom. You and I need more Bible than we've ever needed before in order to live in this wicked world we're living in. Amen? So number one, avoid the sin of immorality. Don't stay simple. Number two, look what else it says here in verse 7 and 8. And I beheld amongst the simple ones, a discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding. Notice verse 8. Passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. Number two, avoid places of temptation. Avoid places of temptation. There was, it wasn't an accident that he went the way to her house. Okay? Maybe this young lady in this passage had a reputation. Maybe, maybe that, uh, I guarantee that part of town probably had a reputation. And this young man, for whatever reason, found himself being drawn to that place of temptation. By the way, let me just give you a, a good Bible principle here, okay? Let me tell you uh, what is better. It is better to avoid temptation than resist temptation. Yes, sir. Amen? It's better to avoid than to resist. I'm not saying you may not have spiritual strength to resist it from time to time, but let me tell you how the devil works, Amen? If he can't get you the first time, he's going to try to get you the second time. If he can't get you the second time, he'll try to get you the third time. He'll never stop leaving you alone, trying to get you to fall for sin, especially the sin of immorality. And let me tell you, you may, you may be strong enough to resist the first, second, third, fourth time. What about the fifth or sixth time? And by the way, if you just avoid it altogether, you don't even have to worry about it. Amen? So listen, avoid places of temptation. Remember what Jesus taught when he taught his disciples how to pray? One of the things he said was this. For we, we are to pray this, lead us not 
unto temptation. Amen? Ask God. God, give me the wisdom to avoid places I shouldn't be at. By the way, there's places as Christians, Christians have no business being at. Because the Bible says that we're to avoid certain places. Amen? Oh, God's just trying to run my life. No, God's trying to uh, give you principles that keep your life right, keep your life clean. Amen? By the way, we belong to God. He has a right to tell us what we ought to be doing. Amen? And there's just certain places Christians have no business being at. Amen? Avoid places of temptation. Number three, how about this? Verse nine, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, avoid hours of temptation. How come is it that the devil loves the nighttime hours to do his work under the cover of darkness? No, listen, folks, he is he is uh, uh, the prince of darkness, is he not? And, and when the Bible uh, <clears throat> shows us illustrations of people doing things they shouldn't do, a lot of times it happens at night. And let me tell you, there's just certain things uh, to be smart about. Amen? And that is this, avoid hours of temptation. And listen, folks, especially young people, uh, if you don't have a purpose of being out, you shouldn't just be being out, especially at dark. Amen? Yes, and listen, if you're going to be somewhere, have a purpose of being, some, uh, being somewhere. And by the way, this is good for us adults too. Amen? Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, 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 sir, why do you feel like you just have to be out and about at dark? Be at home with your family. Amen? Yeah. Unless there's a place you need to be, unless there's something you're doing, unless you're with somebody and there's accountability. Listen, avoid hours of temptation. Again, folks, it's a matter of just using some common sense. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, you can crunch the, the statistics on crime. When does most crime happen? And almost most all of it happens at night. And not all of it, because people are getting more brazen in what they do. Amen? But a lot of crime happens at night. If someone's going to break in your house, they're more than likely going to do it when they think you're asleep and you're not there. Amen? So avoid hours of temptation. Number four, look at verse 10. We're going to stop here for a minute. Put your seatbelt on. Amen? The Bible says this, And behold, there met him a woman, notice this next phrase, with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. Now, number, number four is this. Avoid those who dress immodestly. Okay? I'm going to get quiet. That's okay. I'm preaching it anyway. Amen? I'm preaching it anyway. You might as well just uh, put a smile on your face because this preacher's preaching it. Okay? It didn't say that she was a harlot. Although, based upon her tendencies, that seems to be what she was. The Bible says she was dressed in the attire of a harlot. You know, there are certain ways that the, uh, those types of women would dress. And by the way, the only reason they dressed that to signify what they were. Okay? That's what they did. By the way, back in Bible times, okay, the attire of a harlot isn't maybe what you think it would be today. Okay? Now, we're not going there because I don't want your mind to have to go there. But I think all of us understand what I'm talking about. You realize in Bible time, what signified a harlot was the fact that she would wear a a type of dress, but would have a slit all the way up the side, exposing her thigh. And when they saw that, you know what they realized? Ding, 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 harlot, because she's dressed like one. Now listen to me now, amen? Church, listen to me. It's so important that as Christians, we dress the way God wants us to dress. By the way, think about this for a minute. Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell, you know what they did? The Bible says to cover their sin, they made themselves aprons. Okay? By the way, you look that word up, literally, talking. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that, that's wrong. That They covered themselves with fig leaves. Okay? Literally what that's talking about, loincloth. Barely covering their nudity is what it talks about. Kind of reminds me how a lot of people dress in our day and age. 
They feel like as long as the certain parts of their uh, anatomy is covered, oh, that must be okay to dress in. You realize God was the first tailor in the Bible? Realize that? Because when Adam Eve sinned and God dealt with their sin, when he shed the blood, you know the first thing he did? He made for them, the Bible says, coats of skins. You know what that's referring to? Coverings. Amen? Covered their nakedness. Now listen to me. The world's going to do what the world's going to do. But as Christians, we need to be dressing modestly. Amen? Amen? Modestly. Not modestly according to what the world has to say but modest according to what God has to say. Amen. Amen. Amen? And listen, there's a right way we ought to dress. There's a wrong way we ought to dress. And let me tell you here, uh, a part of the reason that this young man got caught where he got caught at is because he was around those dressing immodestly. Now listen, amen? People have to sometimes learn certain things. And I'm all about patience with people learning things. You know that. Listen, I'm a very patient person. Okay, and maybe certain people aren't taught certain things, and that's okay. You know what? But they're going to learn. How would they ever learn if we never talk about, we never teach about these things? Ladies, my wife at the ladies' Bible study has taught on some of these things. Amen? And listen, I believe that's the the proper way for it to be taught, for the ladies to teach the ladies. The Scripture talks about that, the older women to teach the younger uh, women. But you know what? It's in the Bible from time to time. I want to preach about it as well. Amen? And listen to me, we need to make sure uh, that we, and by the way, I say we, it's not just ladies anymore. I mean, I can't believe the, the crazy things you're out there seeing. Amen? People think they're trying to pass off as modesty. Okay, by the way, there's something about a woman who dresses modestly that people respect. By the way, how about this? If it's not for sale, why are you advertising? I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just being honest, amen? If it's not for sale, why are you advertising? I'll tell you why. Because women, you, a lot of times, they dress that way on purpose. Because they're trying to draw attention to certain things. Okay? Listen, I told you you may not like it. I don't care. It's in the Bible. We're preaching it. Amen? Okay? And let me just say this. There's something about a woman who dresses modestly that when the, even the world sees that, they respect it. Right. Brother Unger, uh, he probably won't tell the story. But he told me about, um, uh, he told me this story about him and his family. I forget where they were at. They were somewhere. And they were walking into a restaurant, and in front of them was a uh, was a couple guys uh, that were part of looked like a biker gang. And he said they were pretty mean looking dudes. I mean, they had you know you know they had the whole uh, thing going on that said biker gang. And brother Rob's like, uh oh, here we go. He's like, I wonder what's going to happen. Of course, goes with his family and a Christian family dressed the way Christian families ought to dress. He said that that man when they, he saw them coming, he stopped. He held the door for them, and as all the ladies walked by, he said, man, man, man. And then later on, he came back to them. He said, you know, it's very refreshing to see women dressing the way women used to dress. And he sat, and he talked to them for a few minutes, and he said he ended up being one of the nicest guys in the world. But you know why? Because he respected what he saw. Amen? I'm just saying, folks, there's something about this. Well, that's just not what I'm going to do. Fine, do whatever. I'm not your God. You'll stand before him and give an account for it. Yeah. What I'm saying is this. We as Christians better get this thing right about modest dress. Amen? Yeah. And by the way, uh, and, and the young man here that um, fell for the sin of immorality, it's because he was around those that dressed immodestly. Number five, let's see what else it says. It says in verse 10 through 12, And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and supple of heart. Notice that she's loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. Number five, avoid people of low moral character. Notice what it says. She is without, now in the streets, lieth in wait at every corner. 
You realize you can identify people of low moral character by their actions. By their actions. you got to watch out for people. The Bible says that are subtle of heart. That means deceitful. Listen, if, if, if people's always trying to be deceitful and sneak around and do things uh, that other people don't know about, something's wrong with it. Amen? Because let me tell you what decency is. Decency has accountability. There, there's, there's no, um, if you're trying to be decent and you're trying to do right, you don't care who's watching because you're trying to do right. Amen? And let me tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad thing uh, to uh, uh, try to sneak, be sneaking around, doing things in a sneaky way. Amen? And so listen, when you see certain things, uh, character traits, that's not the type of person that you may want to be around. By the way, the Bible talks about, describes her, and this isn't just about a, a lady, this could be also about a, a young man that talks about who is loud and stubborn. Loud and stubborn. By the way, those character traits, or should I say uh, not character traits, amen, negative character traits, should not be something that ought to be in your life. I'm not talking about you don't have a good time. We have a great time around here, amen? And uh, we, we enjoy ourselves. We enjoy ourselves as, a, as, as God's people. We have fun in the things we do. But are you just known for being loud and stubborn? Listen, that's not a positive thing. Well, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Let me tell you, folks, uh, that's fine. How about attitude? But you know what? Young men, pay attention. She ain't going to make a good wife. Right, right, Young ladies, pay attention. He ain't going to make a good husband. Right. Amen? Loud and stubborn. So avoid people of low moral character. Listen, I'm not saying you should be unkind to people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you uh, should be a Pharisee toward people. That's not what I'm saying. But God does have a right and, 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 and can tell us who we ought to be around, who we shouldn't be around. Amen? Number six, notice what else it says in verse 13. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him. Number six, avoid people who cannot keep their hands. Okay? Notice what it says. She caught him and kissed him. Oh, she's just overly friendly. Friendly. She likes to touch you when she talks to you. Okay? Now listen, folks, again. Okay? Some of the ladies in here that are old enough to be my grandma, I'm going to give you a hug. Amen? Okay? Hey, nothing wrong with that. Okay? But there's probably something wrong with if the teenage boys want to hug the teenage girls. Okay? That doesn't happen around here. But I'm just saying Okay? And we just need to be careful when it comes to this stuff. Let me just say, there's nothing inappropriate with shaking hands. I'm all about that. Okay? But listen to me, men. Don't be touching women who aren't your wife. Let me say that again. All right? Men, keep your hands off women who aren't your wife. When you talk, you don't need to put your hand on their back. That's right. Okay? Now, I did to Miss Lucille tonight. Amen? And uh, she came in. I pat her on the back and gave her a little side hug and told her I loved her and all that. Listen. There's nothing inappropriate about that. Okay? But you know what I'm talking about. Amen? And listen, let's just be above board when it comes to this stuff. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, again, sometimes this stuff, oh, it's just not that big of a deal. Really? Well, the Bible says this is part of what this young, young lady did to seduce this young man. Number seven, look at verse 13 and 14. It says, so she caught him and kissed him and with impudent face said unto him. Notice this. Again, man, the Bible is just amazing how it's put together. Verse 14. I have peace offerings with me this day, uh, or, or peace offerings with me this day. Have I paid my vows? Avoid people who wear a cloak of spirituality. You know what she's trying to say? After she is in the process of causing this young man to lose his purity, oh, I've I've been to church today and I've worshipped Jesus today. That's basically what she's saying. Okay. Oh, you know, uh, trying to justify what she's doing by wearing a a false pretense of being spiritual. Amen? Listen to me, folks. Just be real. Amen? Be real. And I'm going to tell you, it's sad to say, uh, 
this is exactly what, what, what happens in a lot of churches today. Because there's not real biblical preaching going on. The preacher is uh, afraid to get up and say things and put his foot down about things. Young people get to do what they want. And there is wickedness and fornication and immorality happening in the church of Jesus Christ today. It's happening. Amen. And uh, I've heard horror stories. I'm not even going to tell, talk about them because they're, uh, they're, they're, I don't even want to put that stuff in your mind. But it happens. Amen. So listen, you know what the best thing is? Just be real. Just be real. Amen? Listen, you know what being real means? Having to admit to some mistakes from time to time. That's real. Amen? But just be real. Don't try to fake a spiritual life. Okay? Just be real about it. Number eight, look what it says in verse 15 through 21. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face. I have found thee. By the way, that's a lie. She wasn't just looking for him. She was out looking for whatever foolish young man was walking the street. Okay, what a lie. Just telling him what he wanted to hear. Now notice notice the, the direction the speech goes, beginning in verse 16. I've decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us celeste ourselves in loves. For the good man is not home. He's on a long journey. He had taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattery of her lips, she forced him. Listen, avoid those who talk suggestively or use flattery and fair speech to get what they want. Listen, if you'll just be in tune with the Bible, this stuff is not hard to pick up. Okay? You know, come on. You know, the devil sometimes comes to us at our weakest. And you know what? Maybe men, you've had uh, uh, a disagreement with your wife and you go to work and all of a sudden somebody at work starts telling you how smart you are. Okay? By the way, if anybody tells you at work how smart you are, they're probably lying. Amen? All right? Just say, how, oh, oh I, you're such a, a wonderful person. Oh, I can't believe uh, how good you are at your job. And women start trying to flatter you and tell you that they're doing it for a reason. And sometimes Satan will come to you at your weakest. He'll come to you to the point where, again, Maybe the things uh, that haven't been ideal at home or whatever. That's just how it works, amen? And listen, you've got to avoid people like that. Avoid those who talk suggestively. By the way, there's certain things you shouldn't just be talking about, amen? Okay, let me just say this, all right? Okay, two things you shouldn't be talking about in the church house, okay? The bedroom and the bathroom. I'm, I'm serious about that. You don't need to be talking about that stuff, okay? Listen, just be appropriate what you say, okay? We don't need to have jokes about sexuality here in the church house. We don't need to be having jokes about, you know, bodily functions and that kind of stuff in the church house. Okay? Let's just cut all that out. Amen? It's not appropriate. Okay? Let's be appropriate in the things we say. We're God's people. We're different. Amen? We're going to have some decency about the things we do. But you got to be careful because I'm going to tell you, folks, this is part of the tool. And notice what it says. With her much fair speech. Man, that, that she uh, she flattered him with her with the flattery of her lips. She forced him. I mean, listen, he he fell right for it. He was being played like a fiddle, and he gave right into it because she had the right word to say to him. Okay, avoid people like that. Amen. Number nine. Look what it says in verse nineteen. For the goodman is not at home; he has gone on a long journey. Avoid people who are always trying to get you alone. Okay, listen, we ought to be set some rules. Okay, I'm talking to married people about certain things we do and don't do with members of the opposite sex. Okay? Let me just tell you what some of my rules are. Okay? I do not counsel women alone in my office. Okay? Now, sometimes at church, the door will be open, 
and everybody's standing back. Someone will slip in there and ask me a question. Okay, the door's open. Okay, that's fine. But if you want to have a counseling session with me and you're a woman, here's what's going to happen. Either your husband's present or my wife's present. Okay? Or, or uh, somebody else is with me that's present. Because, you know what? Listen, folks, I've heard too many horror stories of preachers being foolish and counseling women alone in their office, and then bad things happen. Okay? And I'm going to tell you right now, my flesh is just as wicked as rotten as your flesh, and I don't want to put myself in a position where I can dishonor my God and dishonor my wife. Amen? That's one of my rules. Okay? And you ought to establish some ground rules about as far as this um, situation goes with, with, with people, uh, as far as uh, members of the opposite sex, whether, uh, you know, how you're going to interact with them. Okay? And uh, something else, uh, in fact, it wasn't that long ago. All right, put your hand down. All right, we'll talk afterwards. All right, we're not, we're not taking questions right now. Um, but uh, remember they, they, they were making fun of our vice president, back uh, Mike Pence, when he was uh, in office, because he made mention that he would never ride alone with women in elevators, and how the media crucified him for saying that. Well, guess what? Him and his wife have been married for decades and decades. Okay? You know why? Because he's establishing ground rules in his life. And I'm just telling you, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. And by the way, never trust your flesh. And if someone's always trying to get you alone for a reason, there's a problem. Okay? There's a problem. Let me tell you what an epidemic going on in our world today. It's young people. In fact, it happened just this week. A young lady was found locked in the backyard of a shed in California, and she was from somewhere, I believe, uh, from the east or, or somewhere in the south, hundreds, thousands of miles from home. You know why? Because she met up with some guy she was playing with on a video game. And your parents better be very, very careful what's going on. I'm going to tell you, you ought to know what's happening with your kids. You better know who they're talking to. You better control that stuff. But there are predators out there, and it happens all the time. Yes, all the time. And these are just stories that have good endings that we hear about. I shouldn't even say good endings. At least the, the, the young girl didn't end up murdered somewhere. I'm going to tell you, this stuff happens all the time. Why do you think there's an epidemic of young people going missing around this country? Okay? Human trafficking is alive and real. Let me tell you how a lot of that happens. Because parents aren't smart enough to know what's going through. Oh, I trust them. You're a fool. You're a fool. Oh, I trust my kids. They, they would never do something like that. Okay? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard a parent say. Oh, I trust my kids. I don't even trust myself. You trust your kids? Listen, folks, I mean, literally, I mean, young people sometimes don't even have the, the they don't even know what's, they just get sucked into stuff. You have to be a parent and know what's going on. And if there's people that's trying to get your young people alone, listen, it's every part of your business what's going on in your kid's cell phone. Okay, and if your kids keep you locked out of the cell phone, let me tell you how to solve that. You take it and you go drop it in the toilet, amen? And then if they want another cell phone, then guess what? You get the passwords to everything. And you just tell them, if you change your password, I can't get your cell phone, it's going to the toilet too. I mean, come on. Well, uh, I couldn't do that to my kid. Well, you know what? Uh, That's why there's a lot of damage going on to a lot of young people because parents aren't being parents, amen? You got to avoid people trying to get you alone. And then number 10, let's close out with this. Let's read verses 22 through 27. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, and as a bird hasteneth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children. Attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways, nor go astray into her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. 
You know how to avoid the sin of immorality? Read often the consequences of fornication and adultery. Read often. Amen? You better understand what's going to happen you go down that path. It will not end pretty. I guarantee you this young man decided to take the first step, okay, on the street that led by her house. He didn't realize what was going to happen to him. Spiritually speaking, and sometimes, yes, even physically, he was going to be cast down like a strong man and be slain by her. By the way, there's, there's people in this world, the devil's got them everywhere, that all they want to do is, is, is destroy people. I mean, there's literally women out there, men, that would get no greater pleasure than to destroy your marriage. By the way, they destroy your marriage, and then guess what? They're, they're high and gone by the time all of a sudden what you sacrificed. Amen. I'm just telling you, folks, listen, we need to hear preaching like this. Amen. And we need to make some decisions about these types of things. And listen, I know it's 2023. I know the internet is filled with uh, wickedness. And I know wickedness and fleshliness and all that stuff is all around us. But God still expects us to live moral pure lives. And not get sucked in the sin of immorality. By the way, parents, have a conversation with your kids. It's your job to educate your kids on these subjects. Your job. It ain't their friend's job. It ain't the school's job. It ain't the, their phone's job. It's your job. Get involved. Amen. Talk to your kids. Have conversations with your kids about these things. Keep good lines of communication open. Young people ought to be able to come to their parents and talk to them about anything. Amen? Without you freaking out about it just because a kid has a question about something. Amen? You be the one to educate. Keep that good relationship. Amen? And let me tell you, not just for the young people. I know I've talked a lot to them tonight. But this idea of morality is not just good for them. It's good for us too. Amen? Amen? Remember what this ring means on your finger. Okay? That means this. When I said yes to her, I said no to everybody else. That's what it means. Amen? And uh, that goes for all of us. And so let's keep ourselves morally pure. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.